0: Off the ball.
1: Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball.
2: News Talk 106 to 108. All right, so it'll have been quite a troubling day for anyone involved within the horse racing industry in Ireland. It was confirmed earlier today that all racing in Britain has been suspended until next Wednesday after an outbreak of equine flu it has been confirmed that three horses from Donald McCain's yard that were vaccinated for the disease have since been diagnosed with equine flu. McCain had runners yesterday at Ayr and at Ludlow. None of the three horses diagnosed with the equine flu were running there, but there's obviously a lot of concern that the flu may have spread to other horses, other yards. Irish trainers such as Gordon Elias had multiple runners at Ayr yesterday. He's quarantined those horses as a precautionary measure. Racing in Ireland is continuing. Horse Racing Ireland saying that the disease risk status in racing thoroughbreds has not yet changed. To get more on this we're joined by Dr. Lynn Hillier who is the Chief Veterinary Officer with the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board. Evening Lynn.
3: Evening, how are you?
2: This is obviously a very worrying development for everybody involved in the industry both here in Ireland and in Britain. Firstly is there any sign at all at this stage of the equine flu spreading here to Ireland? Equine
3: flu has been circulating here Um, as well. Let me go back a stage. Equine flu circulates all the time in horses. It's it's what's called an endemic disease. What we do in racing to try to keep it at bay on a regular basis is vaccinate our horses. Same in Britain, same in France. What's happened here is that we've had um, a number of cases occurring in a short period of time. That started in the middle of January, actually. Then overnight, as you say, there's been a development and if you like an escalation. Of the of the of the situation in Britain, which has impacted upon us over here in Ireland, um, you referenced there a, a comment that the disease risk hasn't escalated in Ireland yet. That's basically because we were able to act last night with our trainers, with our licensed trainers, to take a, take action. So, in, in terms of the risk that was there before last night and the risk tonight, we are. We are of the opinion, based on the information we have at the moment, that the situation is stable. Um, That's not to say it can't change. It's not to say we're sitting back. But uh, what's happened overnight, we think has been dealt with through the course of the day.
2: Okay, so if this disease has been around, say, in Britain for the last month or so. What's changed there over the last 24, 48 hours that they've been forced into suspending racing until next Wednesday? Yeah,
3: very good question, obviously. The difference we've got, what we've got now is is, is cases, incidents, disease in horses which have been vaccinated. Um, whilst we had had a report of a single horse that had been vaccinated having the disease, this is, this, this is appearing to be different. Um, the disease itself, as I, as I say, circulates all the time. The vaccinations are there to try to, to to hold it at bay. What can happen every so often is that for whatever reason, the vaccination system fails. Um, the flu, va- flu virus itself is very clever, if you like. It continually evolves, just like the human flu mm. virus, to, to get one step ahead of any attempts to vaccinate it. So with that adaptation, that, that change, you get different strains. This particular strain appears to be Involved at the moment appears to not be being controlled by the vaccines that we have to an extent. Now, listen, I I, I need to be careful how I say this because the vaccines that we have confer protection. They do two things they reduce the likelihood of the horse catching the disease in the first place, and they reduce the effects of the disease if the horse gets it. Um, We are obviously in the middle or at the beginning. Of a fairly rapidly evolving situation, mm. so I think that that's about all I can say on that at the moment.
2: What are the effects of the disease?
3: So it's it's a classic respiratory disease: um, snotty nose, coughing, fever. Horses going off their feet, a little bit like in people. Mm. Um, relatively simple approach to treatment: usually just rest, the equivalent of a of a duvet day for a horse, staying at home, not travelling, not being stressed. Um, so obviously that's where the crossover with racing comes in. Racing is a, is a highly athletic activity, it involves movement, it involves traveling away from home. So it, it's why the, the, the links between stopping movement and controlling disease are so strong. You can see that you need to, to have the movement restrictions and indeed on racing itself in order to control the d- disease rapidly and effectively.
2: How is it spread then? Is it, is it spread from horse to horse, from humans to horse?
3: Yeah, both. So it, it 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 can it can travel through the air from horse to horse. It's, it's traditionally described as travelling up to 50 yards in the air, which is you know can be across a, a yard, for example. It can also travel via people, so that the droplets of the virus on people or vehicles or bits of kit, you know, bridle, tack, whatever, and then onto another horse.
1: Is is that more of a worry than the human side of it? That the, the, the you say that horses can be quarantined, but the the stable staff obviously travelling back over here especially as well. Is, is that more of a worry than initially now?
3: It's something that needed to be taken into account. So last night when we well, we had the call from the BHA and put in the calls to the trainers, part of that advice was not just about the horses, it was about their biosecurity. So just as you say, what people are coming into contact with the horses, mm. what kit have they got on, box cleaning, box disinfection, all of that sort of stuff was put into play last night to make sure that we minimise the risk not just to those trainers' own yards and their other horses, but also obviously to our wider population in in, in Ireland.
2: It's obviously a very important time of the year for racing. Cheltenham is only a month away. There was a lot of big warm-up races for Cheltenham due to take place this weekend, but the BHA obviously felt they had no choice but to take these drastic measures. From, From what you're talking about there then, and the severity of this flu, and as you say, runny nose, similar to what might happen in humans, why then have there had to be such drastic measures? Why the sense of panic around this?
3: I think the BHA have, have, have taken, I wouldn't describe their response as panic. I think it's been rapid, which, which and it's obviously also had to be rapid from, from last night. Um, why, why the need? Because the only way to control this d- the disease or, or a number of cases happening in swift succession is to understand it. The only way you can understand it is to get diagnosis and take samples from the horses. In order to do that, you've got to know which horses to sample. And in order to do that, you've got to try to just almost freeze the situation for a minute. We were very, very lucky. By getting that call from the BHA last night, we were able to work with our trainers, as I said, before their horses had even unloaded off the ferries. So we were able to control what happened and where they went and how they were handled. BHA didn't have that luxury. The trainers in Britain obviously went straight home and therefore potentially spreading the issue. So you have to sort of draw a stump somewhere and and, and control the situation and then work backwards from it. And I I suspect that's what they're doing now. Uh, Well, we know it's what they're doing by contacting all the trainers involved, by putting in processes of swabbing and, and testing. And by doing that, they'll establish a series of facts from which they can then determine a proportionate policy.
2: You just have to listen to some of the interviews with some of the trainers today and the language that they're using. Peter Scudamore saying, extremely worrying. I've never known anything like this in all my time in racing. Seamus Mullins, as you can imagine, a normal race meeting will have 70 to 100 race horses stabled in close proximity in mm-hmm. all parts of the country, all housed together for a day. It could be catastrophic people in racing industry are still probably still so it's so fresh in their memory what happened with foot and mouth from oh, 16 sure. 17 yeah, sure. years ago this by what you're saying sounds like it's it's a very different thing
3: it is a different thing foot and mouth the link is is that foot and mouth spread by movement obviously it wasn't a horse disease but horse movement um, was associated with increased risk so hence the effect on racing this directly affects horses and the reason that Everybody's jumping to it, us, the BHA, getting on top of it, working with our trainers and, and our vets over here, is to make sure that we try and limit the spread as quickly as possible. It's a bit like going back to the human analogy. You know, there are some people who go on to work, soldier on, infect everybody, mm. um, and take a hell of a time then to, to recover. The longer we let the horses go on, keep working, keep racing in theory, um, the longer they're going to take to recover. And obviously, in the meantime, they're going to spread the disease. So that's why speed is of the essence, to get on top of it, get a handle on it, find out how far it's spread. And then what you can do is actually work. So if you take a, a yard, a standard yard, what you can do is identify which are your risk horses, which perhaps have had a swab which is inconclusive, something like that. Separate those horses from your horses which you know have swabbed clear, and begin to try and get yourself back to business as usual that that 's the aim with this disease control is to get back to business as usual as quickly as possible whilst keeping the welfare of the horses up, up most in your mind obviously
1: yeah Lynn i I do seem to remember when it was what Nathan's saying there about foot and mouth the initial with the initial prognosis it was it was quite calm, no threat to, to Cheltenham. it was around this time wasn't it uh, when it, it, was. it initially yeah, happened. It was. so what is the worst case scenario then around this?
3: Worst case scenario is that is that vets and trainers don't step forward, step up, look at their horses, diagnose things properly and effectively and quickly, and the whole thing just rumbles on. What we want to happen, and we've done our best over here to put this out, you can imagine particularly today, but also a couple of weeks ago, is to ask trainers and vets to vaccinate their horses, which might need a bit of a booster, so ones that haven't been in six months. And if they have a hint of any disease that could be flu, To get in there, swab it, and diagnose it, because putting your head in the sand and pretending it's not happening is not going to help racing in in the bigger picture and longer term.
2: Is every horse in training vaccinated?
3: They should be. Yep, it's 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 our rules. It's also the BHA rules. They have to be vaccinated to a a particular pattern of days and 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 intervals. Um, Some vaccines we know contain the strain of virus which we believe to be responsible for these cases. Some don't have the exact strain, but would give it a degree of cross-protection. So it's a question of the trainers taking advice from their vets, looking at the vaccination history, looking at the health risk of the horses and making a judgment.
2: The BHA say the disease can take up to three days before symptoms are visible mm. so that will bring them mm. until Sunday and then they're going to hold off until Wednesday before they consider uh, returning to racing. What are the key pointers here in Ireland? What, what are you going to be keeping an eye on over the next few days?
3: Uh, key pointer, obviously at the moment we are we're saying that racing continues. So we're looking at reporting, we're looking at working with the Equine Centre to make sure that we have a handle on the cases or any incipient cases that are coming through the system. And we we just need to, to regroup and, and and reassess every day or we'll continually. You can imagine all through the day we've been reassessing and regrouping. The mm. last thing we want is to is to prolong an issue here. Um but at the same time we don't want to jump to conclusions without having any evidence of, you know, issues that we need to deal with. So um I guess stepwise it, it, it's a question of encouraging trainers and vets to to be vigilant, be aware keep sending samples into the equine centre, keep talking to us and with, with all of that will and work behind it, we'll be able to get back to usual as quickly as possible.
2: Lynn, thanks a lot for taking the call. Hopefully we won't be talking to you again over the coming days.
3: <laughs> in the nicest possible way. Thank yes. Uh,
2: <laughs> thanks a thanks. lot, Dr. Lynn thanks. Hillier there, Chief Veterinary Officer with the Irish Horse Racing Regulatory Board. Uh, Cornelius Lyset is on the line as well, BBC's horse racing correspondent. Evening, Cornelius. Hello. I know doing? you've uh, just been listening to Dr. Hillier yeah. there. I'd imagine everyone in British racing right now is a little bit shell-shocked. Yeah, uh, I think
0: the the hope was uh, when this emerged that uh, there'd be some initial testing, everything would be okay, and uh, they'd be racing at on D, etcetera, tomorrow, mm. and Newbury on Saturday, etc etc. When you actually think about it, that was unlikely. Uh, um, I agree with Dr Hillier there hasn't actually been a sense of panic about everything, it has been a sense of urgency and of efficiency and uh, it is striking with the British Horse Racing Authority which is much criticised that uh, it has actually acted quickly and, and efficiently and they were up in their pyjamas last night uh, to actually call off racing today. The announcement came, I'd, I'd gone to bed, for example, most of the people I know had gone to bed at sort of 25 past 11. Uh, they put out the statement last night that there'd be no racing today as a result of these three positives, uh, positives that uh, Donald McCain says that... Uh, came about as a result of him telling his vets he was a bit worried about the health of one or two of the horses in his big string so they had a good look and they came up with the positives they then contacted the British Horse Racing Authority and because there'd been horses running at Air uh, and Ludlow and Wolverhampton this week it was felt the best thing to do was just to say right let's just close everything down so it was all hope we'd be back to normal tomorrow. It's not going to be at least until Wednesday, as we've been reporting. There have been no more positives. So that's a positive, if you like. Uh, so hopefully no symptoms will emerge between, hopefully as far as the racing industry is concerned, no symptoms will emerge between now and Sunday. They can sit down on Monday and they can't just say, we'll have a race meeting at wherever this afternoon. They, they've got to wait a couple of days just for the, for the whole admin of the entries and admin, etc. So People are crossing their fingers like mad, hoping mm. that things will be back to normal on Wednesday. However, and Kevin, I think, mentioned the foot and mouth of 2001. See, he's been reading my Facebook uh, uh, posting with all the details on it. Uh, but um, <laughs> uh, sorry. You're Kevin, you told me you came pro- up with all that yourself, I, 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 Kev. I'm probably being very. Well, you very, said I, you,
1: you didn't even get the date right. He was guessing at a date. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, I've got a really clear memory of February 2001. And it was a little bit like this, though foot and mouth is a rather sort of bigger spectre for, for, for everybody than equine influenza is. But uh, I remember that they said, right, there'll be no racing. to I think it was at Leicester, the first meeting that didn't take place. And there were seven days off. Uh, and I've actually been looking up the figures from that day. As a result of foot and mouth, in 2001 82 days racing uh, were lost including what was then the three-day cheltenham festival mm-hmm. and that wasn't that that there was an element of bad luck about that there'd been some sheep on the race course at cheltenham so that put them into some difficulty but it wasn't the end of the world but then they postponed the meeting and they got some dates in April together which weren't going to uh, clash with Punchestown. Uh, And then it turned out there was a case of foot and mouth uh, in a village called Woolston, which is just above Cheltenham. Uh, Can't be more than three or four miles away. Cheltenham was then inside the exclusion zone and that was that, so no festival in 2001. We're nowhere near that at this stage. However, it has to be in the back of our mind. I think we've lost 20 fixtures now uh, between today and uh, if things do resume next Wednesday. So it's just got to be in the back of the minds and um, it is in the back of people's minds.
2: And by the sounds of what you're saying, Cornelius, and what Lynn said earlier, mm. to avoid this becoming a far bigger t- thing, there needs to be a lot of honesty out there from all the trainers that when they do yeah. suspect something that they put their hands up and get it dealt with as quickly as possible. Yeah,
0: there's, there, there is nobody who's going to be trying to hide a positive uh, like uh, this. Uh, I, I think that's, that's very unlikely. The, the, the important thing, and and it's it's like a sort of great big jigsaw puzzle the three mccain or the three or four mccain horses uh went off to the races not not the infected ones but three or four horses from his stable went off to Ayr and ludlow and wolverhampton and they were there and then obviously they're in a box next door to a horse that goes off somewhere else and uh, the next one is in a box that's going off somewhere else so the spread is quick and if it was uh, Lynn used a, a human analogy about sort of soldiering on and feeling terrible, but and uh, taking long to get over it. There's that to think about. But I think the whole puzzle is that if it was a school of 500 students and everybody and I, I remember this happening to me when I was at school, everybody got the flu. Uh, and then everyone went home and everyone came back because they knew their symptoms, they could say their symptoms were over. But this is 14,000 horses in training in the UK and it could spread through that population really quickly. The good news is, though, that, that uh, all horses in the UK and in Ireland have to be vaccinated. The bad news is that they have been vaccinated, but there's obviously a, a new strain which um, which the people at the Animal Health Trust in Newmarket will be looking at very hard because uh, it's one that they can't compl- combat uh, at the moment but um yeah it, this is big because it's it's looks like six days six days today through until tuesday initially off well you know quite often there are and certainly in the past there have been periods like that off at this time of the year because mm. of bad of bad weather but but this is a, a huge industry in the uk the numbers eighteen thousand people employed in or just outside the racing industry worth 3.8 million sterling to the economy uh 14,000 horses as I said uh you know this is big if it's prolonged and if it got close to Cheltenham that 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 becomes bigger and bigger and clearly will have an effect in in Ireland as well as in the UK
2: without wanting to go off on too much of a tangent I'm I'm sure we'll probably come not gonna make a joke about eh? backstops no but actually uh, on Brexit and the level of cross cooperation here, it seems very mm. clear that the BHA were in touch with the Irish racing authorities very well, quickly and that that all worked. But there was quickly. a crucial
0: name in the whole equation yesterday that uh, Donald McCain had uh, uh, at least a runner at air, mm. as did Gordon Elliott. Uh, so Gordon Elliott, I think had three winners at air yesterday and very nearly four. So So the fact is what they were able to do, thank goodness, is contact. Gordon Elliott, before his horses had got home and said, well, look, don't take them home. So um, Gordon Elliott was saying today that uh, his horses went off to a isolation yard 25 minutes away, I think he said, from from his HQ in County Meath. That, that, that would have put open another can of worms. Say those horses had got back and say they'd quite happily been put back in their boxes. Uh, and uh, spent the night there. You know, a lot of people would be holding their breath, but it sounds as though the very fact they had to travel from Mare to Stranraer across the water uh, and um, it took time means that, that that doesn't appear to be a problem. Fingers crossed, anyway.
1: Yeah, just for racing itself, are you saying that, mm. that be, obviously this weekend Nathan spoke earlier about preparation for Cheltenham? Will this seriously affect horses that are targeting Cheltenham ahead? This may be the last run for some of them this weekend, going into Cheltenham.
0: I, I think as long as the sport gets a clean bill of health next next week, uh, and resumes on Wednesday, I'm sure the Newbury fixture in two days' time, Super Saturday, as they call it, featuring the Denman Chase. I think we were expecting to see oboe and Native River in that. The game Spirit Chase, that great big hurdle that they call used to call the Schweppes. Uh, the, those are it's it's that day. I, I remember in twenty, I think it was 2012. It snowed, and so the they didn't stage it on that day and they stage it next Friday yeah. and, and I'm sure they will do that however you know th- that will that will uh, slightly inconvenience one or two trainers we, we, we shouldn't go on too much about this because obviously the health and the well-being of the horses is most important but you know the trainers who are trying to get their equine athletes spot on for March 12, 13, 14 or 15 they probably were hoping to run on February I'm, I'm now getting myself in a muddle I can't think what the date is to, on Saturday but on that particular Saturday four and a half weeks to go well they'll probably get a chance to do it next friday which is obviously a little bit closer mm, mm. but um uh it, it i would imagine that meeting will be uh will will be rearranged because with respect to newcastle on the all weather and lovely hereford on monday and Catrick and and places like that exeter two days Musselboro, big day for musselburgh and i've got a share in a horse that was due to win by half the track at air next tuesday sadly that that, that that's uh that, that that's not going to happen what's that cold <laughs> it's not going to run now, so it doesn't matter. Well, like, it, do- it does
1: for future reference.
0: <laughs> yeah, you'll see. You'll hear, you'll hear me cheering at home. Uh, but uh, no, um, you know, that, that's going to mess up a few plans. It's yeah. the Newbury the the main one. Uh, and uh, I'm sure... Or, you know as long as the sport gets a clean bill of health uh, everything will probably be um, be okay with that new will just be six days later than originally planned
2: yeah let's just hope it's a quiet weekend and this is well it'll a, be a very
0: quiet weekend yeah, well, actually will be, we'll, but, we'll, hmm. i'll tell you what the the income for the bookmakers from irish racing will be way up this weekend so um every every cloud has a silver lining as people try and uh, get into the weekend cards in ireland
2: all right hmm. we'll, we'll take your word for it that there's a silver lining in this cornelius thanks a lot for taking the call thank you Cornelius Lysette there, BBC horse racing correspondent. Uh, he's a big Everton fan, I understand. JP said I should make a joke about this and say, which is the bigger crisis, Everton or the horse flu crack? I felt that this wasn't really a jokey uh, topic. No,
1: quite right too, quite right. And Cornelius would have been disgusted with that, I'm but sure. I, but next
2: time he's on, on a happier note, yeah. when he gives us the name of that horse, that so we can back yeah. in air, we might do it then. But JP, you know, pick your moment. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Football show's coming up after nine. You got your PFA Team of the Year picked on the first week in February.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I have. I have. It's just in response it's to It's a bit Kevin. late
2: for any player to make a run for it now. <laughs> oh, there, There's Aubameyang thinking I'm going to score maybe 10 goals in the next 13 games. No, yeah. you're not getting in, pal. You're not Too in. in That's it. It's done. All right, quick break.
0: Off the Ball.
1: Find us on Twitter at Off the Ball.
0: News Talk 106 to 108.